0: Hey, hey, Keith! Did she just cut cut you off? Yeah, you like Go, Hannah! I didn't, no, she just took charge there. The poop initiative, right there, in, in action. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't sound, didn't come out right. <laughs> hey, um, this morning, did, have y'all had a good good day good day today? This morning, I was at the Hilliard Retreat Center. Have you ever been at the Hilliard Retreat Retreat Center? That's where we go for our winter retreat. And so I was there. Actually, I've been asked to come from North Jacks to go there and to preach one of the days at their camp. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I was like the camp preacher. And what's funny is I go up there, and I've spoken for them before, but it's been like four years ago, so none of them knew me. And the youth guy didn't set them up and go, hey, just let's you know Dan stutters. So as soon as I get up and start to talk, they're all like going, their friend staring back at their youth guy, like this guy gonna do this the whole, whole time. I mean, really, and you know, it reminded me. I had flashbacks of when I first came here, and when and, and, and it reminds me a lot of times of when you bring friends. Sometimes you bring friends to the edge, and I really appreciate it when you don't tell your friends that I stutter or anything because you tell me some of you go, Oh, I forgot. How can you forget? Okay, because your friends are always like. I mean, their eyes get really big if I go, oh, they haven't heard. They have no idea. They think they're being punked. Um, so I, just to let you know, I, I, I got to 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 preach there. It went all right. You know what I'm saying? They, they were finally like, oh, this isn't a joke. Okay. We'll listen. And um, so I'm going to share with you a little bit of what I shared this morning with them. Is that okay? Good, because you don't have a choice. That's great. You can walk out. I mean, that, that that's your choice. Um, what if, you, if there's something you could describe that identifies me, besides my dashing good looks, what would you say it was? Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, so my love for Star Wars. That's it. But what, I, what identifies me? I have even alluded to it the whole first couple minutes I just spoke. Stutter. I stutter, right? Dude, it identifies me like nobody's business. I can go out to eat one place and have a waitress that serves me, I can go there one time, and I just stamper through my order, and I'll go back a month. Later, and they'll go, Oh, hey, hun, how are you doing? I won't even have said a word yet. And they'll go, Oh, are you still getting um, the outlaw ri- 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 ribeye cook medium? They don't stutter when they do it. Uh, uh, medium and a large salad with no tomato, no cheese. And, and so they get more. and so I'm always with some friends, and they're like, Dude, how often do you come around? I'm like, I've only met her once. And, and so everywhere I go, now I'm a creature of habit. If, Every place I go to, I've got the exact same thing I get. But, man, they know me like nobody's business because why? I, I stick out. It identifies me. And you know what? We all have things that identify us, things that folks sort of sort of connect to you, that's mine. I could have it not identify me, but I would be stuck in in my house, never to leave my house, n- never to talk. And then maybe it wouldn't identify me. I would just be the, the mute guy that, that that has no voice. And, and so that's how I'd be identified. So in order for me to even have any sort of life, I've got to go outside and I've got to talk. And when I talk, I don't know what the... Crap goes on, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Some people, they, they go oh and you know what's funny? It's been around for so long, and they're still like, yep, you stutter. Yep, we don't know why. And that's it. They say if I was deaf, I wouldn't stutter. It's my ears hear my speaking, and it's telling my brain, ah, you messed up, ah, you messed up, even when I did not mess up. But I don't even know how they even came up with that conclusion. It sounds a little wacky. So I, would, I guess I'll, I'll keep it. Um, let me tell you all this, a little story. And it sort of, it's going to go in because I'm talking about identity. What identifies you tonight and how you react to that. Now, um, because of my speech, one of my greatest fears is doing what what weddings. Okay? I am terrified. From day one, I'm like, oh. And I've probably done 25 of them, which is absurd. People are stupid to ask me to do weddings. You know what I'm saying? Because they ask me, hey, we'd love for you to do the wedding. first thing I say every time is... You know I stutter, right? And they go, yeah, we know you stutter. Because I don't want to take away from the bride and groom on that day. But every no no fail on that wedding day, the majority of the crowd I will not know. And I will begin to speak, and they'll be like going, "What? what's wrong with this guy? And and I feel like I take away from it. Now, I was in my third wedding that I had officiated, not my third marriage. I've been married one time, happily married, 18 years, woo! And so, um, I was officiating my third third wedding. First two had gone okay, and this was out of town. And I was nervous. I was more nervous than the bride and groom getting married. I mean, it's just something's wrong, okay, with that. And so the wedding's about to start. I'm about to hurl. It's finally time for me to go up because I've got to, to the, the giving away the bride, I've got to welcome the guest, I've got to give a little message, I've got to do the vows where they repeat after me. Okay, that's really good. And I've got to say, repeat after me, but don't repeat after me. You know, so, um, so I've, I'm doing all this. And this wedding, now, just to let y'all you know, you'll think I'm weird. You may think I'm weird. But as I stand and talk in front of crowds, inside my head, there's a conversation that's always going on. Like, oh, you just need to shut up, man. This is just a bad night. You just need to quit. You know, just this voice. And you, 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 you've you got that voice, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Even when you have conversations. So, well, when I do, I'm in this, this wedding, officiating, speaking, and I am fluent. I mean, I am smooth as ice. I am not stuttering on Anything the whole time and I'm just thinking you're the man you're the man I'm going get yeah, inside this is what I'm doing I'm not doing it like in front of them because that would be weird because I'm doing the wedding but to be formal and you know and so I'm just thinking dude this is amazing I've done the welcome the giving away the bride the message no stutter at all I'm going dude this is awesome and I get to the point I do the we do the vows and it's still going great I, I did the vows, and so then were, I'm talking about the rings and what the rings mean because you know they give a ring to each other and it's a special moment just to seal those vows. So I'm at that point and I'm on the I'm on the home run stretch. We're about done. I've been speaking for about 18 minutes, smooth. And I look past the bride and groom, and on the front row is Grandpa. Jones, or whoever he was, and his fingers are clenched on the pew, and he's standing up and shaking because I never told him to sit down. So, for 20 minutes, as I've talked. Thinking I was all hot stuff, amazing. The whole crowd is still standing from when the bride came, came in with the old man about to collapse with a stroke from exhaustion. So at that point I say, may I have the rings and you may be seat, seated. And a place erupted in laughter. Smooth Dan had it all going on. Once again, idiot! You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had that occur where you thought you had it? Okay, well you may not have. But so now, it's been 12 years 13 years since that occurred and I've folks that still walk up to me and go hey please be seated <laughs> and I poof, I just want to kick them okay so um you know I, I thought I I had it down and you know, and I thought I was all that in a bag of chips have you ever heard the, that phrase dude if you're all that I mean you're, you're like mm, you're strutting you're and I've got it go- going on and identity there's two extremes that we usually live in that folks live in one is one is the extreme of man I am all that it's it's the guy the girl that thinks they are hot stuff and Everything is about them. Have you ever met them before? You may actually have seen them in the mirror before. Not, not saying any names. Just saying, don't be convicted. Um, it's the type that you're good and you know it. You might give, you might, the only credit you give God is, well, I've got God given ability. But that's the only credit you give God because you're talking about yourself all the rest of the time. You, you, you think you, you're hot stuff. Um,. You're athletic mean you're good at sports and folks are already patting you on the back and and you just sort of soak it all up. You walk in a room and you strut. Have we ever met them before? Yes or no? Am I smoking crack? No, No, I'm not smoking crack. I'm pastor. (laughs) Thank you, Keith. Now, don't get me wrong. Confidence is good, okay? I think it's, we need it. We don't have enough of it. But it's you blew past that a long time ago. And you were living because you just think you are amazing. And you know what? I think we can all agree the person that's full of themselves is of minimal use to God at best. Would you agree with that? Can, can, can someone be a believer in Christ and be totally full of themselves? I think that they probably can to an extent. I mean, we we all fall. We all struggle. That's one extreme. Now, there's a second extreme, and this really encompasses more of the, not just teenage population, but the adult one as well. Uh, And that's ones that you think you're a failure. Wait a second. You don't think you're you know you're a fail. You'd put money on it. You walk around and just go, Man, I just wish I could be like that. I wish I could be that cool. I wish I could be that athletic. You think Napoleon dynamite has more skills than you have okay that's what and and we laugh about that but but man therapy man I'm just not I'm just not skinny enough I'm not athletic enough I'm not tall enough I would not say I'm not short enough but I've not really heard that one but you know what I'm saying I'm not smart enough I'm I it's just if I was different if I just had something like that then I might make a difference in this world and and, and there's a lot of people that live that way, and because they don't think enough of themselves, when opportunities to serve God comes, they don't do it. They just sort of stick their head in the sand and go, well, I'm just not that good. I'm not the one for the job. Someone else needs to do it. And can I tell you, just like the first one is of minimal use to God... This person, this extreme, which many live in, is a, a minimal use to God. If you think, "Man, I'm just not worth anything," why even try? You you will never be used by God. I want you to turn it, your your Bibles if you have them to Exodus chapter t- chapter three and four. I'm going to talk through three. We're going to look at four. Um, okay, so um, just turn to Exodus chapter four. And this is a story. Some of you have heard me talk about this before, but this sort of flows in to the message, but don't miss. There's something in here that, that is huge I don't want you to miss, um, but chapter 4 wrecked my life. Okay, when I was 22 years old, chapter 4 totally wrecked my life, and I mean that in a good way. I was going one way, and I was going full bore, and it it stopped me completely and turned me a, Around and I hope for some of you in this room, even tonight, I believe the power of the word that it wrecks your life in that way, Um, that it just sort of makes you wake up. Stories in Exodus chapter three, Moses is is out and about. He sees a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. The bush begins to speak to him, the bush is God. He says, "Take off your sandals, you're on holy ground." So Moses takes them off and he goes up to the the bush and God begins to speak to him. And, and and Moses is just just a man, okay? And God says to him, "Moses, I want to use you." I want to use you to free my people who are enslaved by the Egyptians. And you're going to free them, and you're going to be my voice, and you're going to take them to the promised land, and I'm going to give you a land, and you're going to lead them. That's what he says to him. in Moses, first thing when God says, this is what I want you to do, he, he begins to give excuses. The first one he says is, but who am I? why would you ask me it's the first excuse he gives and can i ask you this when god speaks to you to do something to help out someone to share his name to talk about him one of the first things we ever say is but but who am i but but why me what somebody else can do they're better than than i am verse 13 that, that was in verse 11 10 right there verse 13 he even says the excuse so, well, because God says well I'm calling you to do this I'll be w- w- with you in verse 13 his excuse is but, but well, I don't know what to say what, what do I say if they ask who 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 you are I don't know what to say how many times have we not shared our faith because we don't know what to say dude man that hits all the time I don't know about you it's, it's at me now jump to Chapter four, verse one through through ten. Just sort a of look, right there. You can look in the text because there's a third excuse he he gives, and that's in verse one. It says, "What if they don't believe me or listen to my voice?" What, what if? So he's first said, "Why me?" Next is, "I don't know what to say." Third is, "What if they don't believe me?" Have, have you ever thought, "What if they think I, I'm a freak?" What if they think I'm a dork? What if they think I, I'm a joke with what I say about God? Have you? Ever I I don't know. Um, And this is what God says. He says, take your staff, throw it down the ground. He takes his staff, throws it down, it becomes a big snake. He says, now pick it up by the tail. He picks the snake up by the tail. That takes a lot of faith for me. I don't know you, right? A snake? Picks it up, it becomes a staff again. Comes whole. He says, take your hand, put it in your cloak. He puts it in his cloak. He says, pull it out. It comes out and it's leprous. That means flesh is falling off. It's decayed and disgusting and flesh is falling off his hand. At that point, I would have passed out. Moses didn't. God says, "Stick, stick it back in. Sticks it back in. Pulls it out. It's whole again. God says, I will give you signs to show. If they don't believe what you say, I am God. I will give you great signs to show that I am God. He even says, I'll even have to do more than that. I, I will take the Nile and turn it into blood. The river will, will turn to blood, and we'll do even more signs than that. Okay, So God is saying, hey, Moses is giving excuses, excuses, ex- excuses. And man, we live in that world, don't we? God, I can't do that. Uh, I'm just, not, I'm not wired that way. I'm not good for it. Look here in verse 10. We're going to look actually through verse 10 through 14 and sort of walk through this text real, real quick. Not going to be here long tonight. And this is the the final excuse that comes in verse 10. He says. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Now, we don't know if Moses stuttered. We don't know if he was um, scared to talk in public, probably... Nine out of ten of you are scared to talk in front of a crowd. I mean, that's sort of the norm. Most people are, and that could be what he is, or he could have had a speech deal. We don't know. But look here in verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say lose this point in the whole thing because his, his thing is but God I'm not wired I'm not good I can't do it and he says hey who made you the way you are who made your mouth? You know, when as a 22 year old, when I read this passage, for two years I had, I had run away from God's call in my life. God said, "I want you to be a youth pastor," and I said, "Okay, I'm hearing things wrong. I had too much lasagna the night before. Something's not settling right because that, that's no way. Because I can't, I won't ever talk in front of a crowd. You, you really are smoking crack if you believe I'm going to do that. That was my. And for two years, I said, no, no, no. And then I read this. And it clicked. I went, oh, if God made me the way he was and he's he's called me to do this, then I need to do it but don't miss this this doesn't only apply to a guy who can't talk well this this applies to us all the weaknesses that we, that we have that keep us from obeying God and doing what he calls us to do and the lessons in the old testament do you understand that if you believe the word of God is the word of God and in James and Hebrews it says that he, God is the same yesterday today and forever that God will never change that God who who, who made man's mouth then And made him the way he was then. He makes us the way we are now. Because a lot of of you, when you're alone in your own thoughts, you think, man, I'm I'm just messed up. I just wish I was this and not this. I wish I was better at that. And do you you know that God created you to be who you are? But he created you to serve him and give him honor and glory. Now, um, look at this in verse 13. It wraps up, um, even when God says, I made your mouth, now go and and serve me. He, he, at this point, says, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. And, dude, he just doesn't want to do it. And it says in verse 14, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Um, You know, Moses uh, is is given Aaron to help him speak, but he said, "You still need to go do this." And I think Aaron was there to speak for the first part, but I think Moses began to see that God was real and began to to serve Him. But can I tell you this? For me, what really made me wake up and go, okay, God, I will do whatever you call me to do, even when it's hard, even when I'm scared. Because for a 20-year-old, 22-year-old that that's stutters, can I tell you? Um, and you all know it, even in your life, you may not stutter, but man, life is mean. This world, dude, this world can be mean and brutal against you. And in verse 14 there, when it says that the anger of the Lord burned against him, I thought, dude, this world's already against me. I don't need the Lord's anger against me because I won't be faithful to follow him. And so that's what sort of made me wake up. These are the excuses. Let me just go through them real quick because this is the crux of what I want you to do because we throw these out all the time. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, he says, why me? God says, do this. He says, why me? In verse 13, he says, but what do I say? I don't know what to say, man. We give that excuse all the time, man. I just, I'll freeze up, and God says, "I'll give you what to say." In Exodus four one, He says, "But what if they don't believe me, man?" That's a huge thing that, that can just. But, but but what if they? And then the first thing is, but but I'm just not good enough, God. I'm just not good enough, and you know what? We live in that extreme where we think we're not we're not good enough. Um. Think about those excuses when God speaks to you uh, about reaching out to the kid at school or or in your neighborhood who's an outcast. And we know them, the ones that is picked on, who's left alone, who may eat lunch by themselves, and God says, hey, do something. And we give excuses, why me? Uh, Think about it when... um, you stand up for what's right. Jokes that are, are, are being said or things that are being said about a girl or a guy that you know that ought not to be said. We're called to stand up for what is right. And sometimes you go, but I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't. And we freeze up. And God says, excuses. Don't give excuses. Give action. Think about it when God says, hey, you need to share my love with a world that needs to hear it. And we go, but, but what if they don't believe me? Um, Think about it because some in this room, I wouldn't be surprised, God calls you to the mission field. And some of you, your first thing will be to say, wait, to go serve there for my life? Man, I'm just not equipped. I'm just not good enough. I'm not wired that way. Man, we give excuses all the time, I want you to to look at these verses here because I want you to un- understand how God thinks about you because we give excuses all the time of why we 're not good enough just just sort of take that and wipe that to the side and let 's just take a minute as we wrap up to look at what God thinks about you. first one is in psalm one thirty nine and just my first point is God created you with a plan and a purpose. Uh, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. It goes down in verse 17 and says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I were to count them, they were more than the grains of sand that are on the earth. That's how much God thinks about you. Do you understand that you're precious to God? That we've got to take this thing where we feel like we're not worth anything. And I personally think apart from God, we're not. But through God, we are. So God created us with a plan or purpose. Galatians 4, you can look on the screens. Let's just read this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of a son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you understand that God adopted you? That means he chose you know, we've got a story, and and, and, I, and I won't say which of my, my kids did this, but we were home, we had um, brought our little girl home from China in 2010, and I had some can't, can't, can't handy and uh, uh, my little girl was there that we just brought home and one of my kids was there and uh, so I was like "Oh, I've only got one piece who's going to get it and uh, one of my, my kids not the one we just brought home says give it to me I'm your bio- biological child Ooh. and at that point I went oh you're right I said God Stuck us with you, but we chose her, and I gave her the piece of candy. I won't say who, but um. <clears throat> so um, I think that's an important point. You know that God God chose cho- chose you, uh, and when we are we put our faith in Christ, you understand that we owe God everything. That we're s- s- sinners and we deserve hell and death, and God sends His Son to die for us, and because he sent his son to die for us we can have eternal life with him and be redeemed from our sins and God doesn't say, we should be going, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I will serve you even as a slave for the rest of my life because I can't ever repay you for what you've done. That should be an, at, an attitude in our heart. And God would have every right to say, yes, you are my slave, do my work. But God doesn't call us a slave. He, call, he, he, he calls us sons and da- 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 daughters of his. And that's huge because as soon as I brought my girl home, she was mine. She had all rights as all the rest of my kids. And you know what? God says the same thing. Know that you you are an heir to everything that God has, and you are even an heir to everything that God gives his son, Jesus, he wants to give you to. Man, that's huge. He chose you. So don't miss that. As you beat yourself up saying, I'm not good enough, remember who puts the worth in you. It's God. Third, third, third point is this. God can and will do amazing things through, through through you. You just have to trust Him. Okay, this verse is uh, 2 Corinthians twelve nine, and this is a verse you may have heard well. But He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest in me." One of the greatest ways that the power of Christ rests in me is in my weakness. By far, is in my speaking. God works in me and know what He wants to work in you and take your weakness and use it for his strength. Look at this last verse here. 1 Corinthians one twenty-six through 29. For consider your calling brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. No offense, but that applies to most of you. You're not wise. Ooh, burn. Not many were powerful. Power, Pa- powerful, that applies to. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being m- might boast in the, pr- the presence of God. Do you understand that w- weakness plus God is stronger than anything this world can dish out? You know understand, your, your thing where you're like, I'm just not, I can't, I don't talk well, I don't do this well, I'm scared. With God, it overcomes everything. and know this thing with identity. We sometimes think our identity defines us. The world says, you're a stutter to me. You should probably not talk. You should probably be a chef. I used to believe that. I'll be a chef, work behind the scenes, No, I want to talk. That's what I'm I'm supposed to do. And the world will say the way that you are, you're supposed to be this way. But can I tell you, you're, you're not defined by your identity or your struggle, or I'm not defined by my stutter. I'm defined by my Savior that god d d de, de you he tells you who you 're supposed to be is just to wrap up. When you feel inadequate or feeble or weak, God says, lean on me and let me show the world my greatness. Do you understand? When you feel like, ah, I'm, just, I'm just weak, that's when God says, I know. Lean on me and and I, God, will will show the world my God's greatness, not yours. I'm not going to make you great. I'm going to show him how great I am. That's why he does it out of our weakness. My last words for tonight is this, to the person in this room or the 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 ones that are in this room that are um on that first extreme that i i i I spoke about and you are you're all that in a bag of chips i've got one phrase for you get over yourself with that attitude you're no use to god And there's so much more to life than that. Now to the person or those in this room that live in that one extreme going, man, I'm just not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Can I tell you one phrase? Get over yourself it 's harsh, but it 's true it 's not about you it 's about god and his his glory and if we can understand what God thinks about us and how He loves us made us with a plan and a pur- a pur- 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 purpose that He chose us and and that um, in him amazing things can be done through you man you 're going to be so better off. I know it from experience because it took me a long time to learn. Let's pray and we're going to be dismissed. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that even someone like Moses who you used in mighty ways I can't even dream about, he had excuses. Uh, he was scared. He, 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 he struggled. Uh, Lord, I thank you um, that um, even though we do have excuses that you're bigger and that even when we have weaknesses uh, that you're bigger and you've got a plan and a purpose for each one here. Lord, may we honor you in all that we do and we thank you for the gift of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One last thing just to let you know. We we do not meet for the edge for the month of July. So that's this is our last edge until school starts back August the... Sixth, yeah, that's right. The sixth. Everybody's like, oh, the sixth. We'll have a few things at our house. Camp is going to be in a week and a half. Uh, if you got a friend that wants to go, make sure you talk to me soon about it. We're dismissed.